1: There are many good Bible commentators whose writings will help you as you study the Bible. I always try to get the sense of the passage on my own before I consult a commentary. And then after I think I've gotten a firm grasp on the meaning myself, I'll go see what those other students of the Bible have had to say. I don't read any commentator as being an absolute authority on the meaning of a passage, but rather as a contributor to the discussion. Often, if a passage is especially difficult, I'll consider the thoughts of many different Bible commentators, all the while seeking the guidance of my personal teacher, the Spirit of God. Some commentaries serve as reference books. In other words, most people would never sit down and read them cover to cover, but they would consult them as they were studying particular portions of Scripture. The first set of commentaries I ever owned was Matthew Henry's commentary on the whole Bible which was given to me by my grandparents when I was still a teenager. Matthew Henry is a good example of a commentary you wouldn't be likely to read through, but which you would turn to as a resource for the meaning of a given passage. Because Matthew Henry's multi-volume set was the first one I was introduced to, my mental picture of Bible commentary was of something similar to an encyclopedia, which I would only ever refer to when I needed to look something up. What I didn't realize until years later is that there have been many great students of the Bible over the centuries who have written excellent books, giving powerful insight into individual Bible books. They may not have written a commentary on the whole Bible, but they wrote one book devoted to, say, the Gospel of John. And these books often are written so that you would be likely to read them start to finish. I have found this type of Bible commentary to be every bit as helpful as the multi-volume sets that cover the entire Bible. I'm constantly looking for sound Bible-believing preachers from years gone by, men who clearly knew God and who have left for us their thoughts on various books of the Bible. They may not have been well-known, but if they had a fervent love for the Lord and for His Word— I want to pick their brains by reading their observations on the Bible in the books that they authored. Guy H. King was a preacher and teacher of God's Word, who was beloved by his peers in the ministry, and who has been a favorite of Bible students in the years since he went to heaven in 1956. Guy King went into business when he was a young man, until finally he decided to prepare for the ministry, and was ordained as a preacher in the Church of England. During his ministry, he served as pastor in several different pulpits throughout England. His final pastorate was at Christ Church in London, where he enjoyed large crowds and served for the final 21 years of his life. He was close friends with the British evangelist G. Campbell Morgan and with the Baptist preacher and theologian William Graham Scroggie. He was a favorite speaker at the Keswick Convention in the early 20th century. Keswick was an annual meeting in England established in 1875, where large crowds of believers gathered for the express purpose of having a more devoted walk with the Lord and learning to serve Him better. As a pastor, Guy King was known for his weekly Bible studies, where he made the Bible come to life for the people of his church. Some of his Bible studies were published, and those books serve as his greatest legacy. To own one of Guy H. King's commentaries, is to possess a special treasure. I've heard several preachers over the years say that Guy H. King is one of their favorite Bible commentators. Guy King's book titled New Order is a study on the Sermon on the Mount. This excerpt from New Order, contrasting the Sermon on the Mount with Mount Sinai, will give you a taste of his writing. Many commentators have thought of this mount as the New Sinai, And the comparison may be allowed to stand, if only to show that there is no comparison. In the one, there were clouds and smoke, thunder and lightning. In the other, the sweet air of the lakeside height, the song of the birds, the warm sunshine. At the one, the multitude kept their dread distance. On the other, they cluster around his feet. There, the message was ascribed on hard stone. here on fleshly tables of the heart. That was concerned with what men must not do. This, with what men should be. In the one case, cursed is he who fails. In the other case, blessed is he that succeeds. Formerly, the law is delivered through his minister of state, great Moses. Now, it is spoken by the king himself. Perhaps the greatest contrast of all, lies in the familiar words of John 1.17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The Master brought to us the law of truth, but he brought also, and first, the grace which should enable us to do the truth. Some of Guy H. King's other titles are A Leader Led, a study in First Timothy, To My Son, a study in Second Timothy, and The Fellowship, a study in 1 John. Guy King had just finished his study in Colossians when he went to heaven in 1956. Christian, the joy of being a diligent student of God's Word cannot be overstated. Stay the course. We pray that today's program was a blessing to
0: you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at stay the course at nbcdanberry.org. God bless you.
1: So, dear Christians, stay the course. God's Father's in is yours. We shall.